When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Celtics out here giving out Christmas presents in the middle of May. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app coming to you live from the seaport. Brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. We are on Sirius XM Channel 80 as well as on your smart speaker. The Celtics are handing this series away. Yeah. And, and that is... That is brutal to realize if you are a Boston fan. Like, if they lose this series, think about Boston's, uh, you know, amazing run that they've had over the last 15 years and how bad this is going to be with the Bruins losing first and then this. This is, to me, uh, just inexcusable. It's inexcusable with what happened over the last 25 seconds of the game. I personally never have a problem when a coach doesn't call timeout, if he feels like his team is prepared enough to go run the play, because I don't want to get the defense a chance to get set. If I have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on the floor, I should be able to handle it, and yet somehow they were not able to handle it yesterday after Jalen Brown made a cardinal mistake in leaving James Harden. Yeah, and credit to Jalen Brown. He actually owned that mistake in the post-game press conference, but still, it doesn't absolve him of blame. No. Like, that situation can't happen, and then the early foul trouble from Jalen Brown can't happen either because that did change the complexion of what that game looked like early on James Harden had no answers in terms of how to get going because Jalen Brown is such a good defender because of his length and his athleticism. But because he had those two early fouls, now you're talking about somebody else having to be the primary defender on James Harden, who is the head of the snake when it comes to that Sixers offense. And that's when James started to cook and everybody else started to get going. So I I think a lot of that you put on Jalen Brown being better and just having more awareness to his importance to his team and making good basketball plays on both ends of the court. But then also you have to question Joe Missoula. Like, I, listen, Marcus Smart made a shot at the end of regulation to get you in overtime, but you can't have the end of the fourth quarter and the end of overtime end in Marcus Smart taking the final shot. That just can't happen. As a head coach, you got to find a way to get the ball in the Brown or Tatum's hands, and you live and die with what those guys do in that moment. It can't be Marcus Smart. Here is Joe Bazula on that last sequence. Did you consider calling timeout that final play? What was the final play uh, supposed to be? Oh, that was the play. We just had to play a little bit more pace. We had the right matchup. Um, Jason got downhill and made the right play at the rim. We just had to play a little bit more pace there, but that's, that was the play. Was he supposed to dish it if he was covered, or what was he supposed to do? Just make the right read, which I thought he did. We got Maxie in the pick and roll, and uh, he made the right play. We just didn't play fast enough. The problem is when Tatum gets Tyrese Maxey, you have to put the shot up. I mean, that's it. you could have done that from 10 feet away, given him a chance at an offensive rebound. Uh, didn't do that. But they wasted valuable seconds. They just, absolutely just, did. Just they the ball should, they, up, they up wasted court. basically 10 to 11 seconds. Yeah, why, why waste that time? It I mean, it's no not sense. a situation where the game is tied, or you know, it's a situation where you're down by one point. So you don't want the last shot to be at the buzzer. You want the last shot to happen where it, if it's a miss – 
then you have a chance for a tip-in or for an opportunity to get another shot up, but they didn't do that. I mean, Marcus Smart puts the ball up, but it doesn't leave his hands. Now, granted, Marcus Smart made both shots at the end of the fourth quarter and at the end of overtime, but the one in overtime came after the buzzer. My point is, you don't take your time in those situations. You have to have more urgency and be aware that you are down, and if you miss the shot, you want to give your chance, yourself a chance to be an offensive rebound or for a putback. So the Celtics, in clutch situations here, are not distinguishing themselves. And you asked before the show Cam to get us a stat or two that might back that up. Please share the stat that Cam got uh, from ESPN Sports and Information about the Celtics down the stretch in games on defense here in the postseason. Cam didn't send it to me, so. Oh, it's right here on the screen. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Cam well, didn't give it to me. Here it is. He was supposed to text it it's, to me. It's on the, the screen show. that I share he with was you guys. Supposed to text you were supposed to ask me to text job. it to me, though, Cam. That's a bad right. job, Cam. Yeah. That's fair. That was a bad job. Sorry for getting that Terrible for job. Yeah. He said, Cam, you text it. You text it. You didn't send it. No, we got to give the stat. We got to pay it off. So go ahead, Big Bad fella. job. Celtics, first team to allow three go ahead three pointers inside of the final 30 seconds of a game. Within a postseason, within one postseason, three go-ahead three-pointers, first team to do that in 25 years. Dear God. So what they're saying is if the Celtics end up losing this series, it's more about them giving the series away than it is the Sixers taking it. Oh, absolutely. They have handed it to them. I mean, first it was Trey Young. First of all, the Celtics, as you like to put it, played with their food against the Hawks. Yeah, yeah. First, it was Trey Young, and now two hardened three-pointers, who, as uh, Wendy pointed out earlier, was one for ten in those situations in his career. Now, granted, it's James Harden. You're not factoring that statistic in when you're figuring sure. out how you're going to guard a player. He's an amazing player. But you cannot look at what the Celtics have done in crunch time and feel good about what's going on right now. I mean, to me, I would still... Having seen all of this, still give the Celtics the slight edge here over the rest of this series. But dear God, that makes you feel just awful. Absolutely awful about what's going on. Well, here's what I don't understand about the Celtics defensively, right? I Mm. I mean, Joel Embiid was absolutely abysmal in the fourth quarter. He was one of six, two points in the fourth quarter. I mean, fourth quarter and overtime, he was combined two of eight. Joel Embiid wasn't doing the damage. It was James Harden. So at the end of regulation, you let James Harden get in the paint for a little bit of floater to put the game, to to essentially make it an overtime game. And then at the end of the the overtime, you allow him a corner three, the shortest three-point shot on the court. (laughs) Like, here's the thing. And it goes back to game one in the situation where they allowed him to shoot the go-ahead three-pointer at the end of it as time expired. Like, why are you letting James Harden beat you? He's the guy in both of those games that beat you. Why are you giving him the opportunity to do it again after he proved in game one that he could do it? Why would you do it? (laughs) And in in two other situations yourselves offensively, it's up to Marcus Smart. (laughs) But but, but do you see what I'm saying? It's It's nonsensical. Why would you allow that to happen? Your team is too good. You are by far the deeper team in this series. Why would you let that happen? To me, that comes down to coaching. But it also comes down to the players, man. And that's been what we've been talking about since Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have both ascended as all NBA caliber players. Like, why can't these guys get over the hump? 
Well, the answer is situations like this. Yep. You can't allow situations like this to happen. It's very reminiscent of what took place in game four of the NBA Finals last year in your building against Steph Curry. Where the only guy for Golden State that was doing anything of consequence was Steph. And you let him beat you. At some point, you have to shut the faucet off when it comes to the best damn player on the court for the opposing team. In the fourth quarter in overtime, the best player on the court for the Sixers was not Joel Embiid. No, it was The not. best player on the court was James Harden. Stop James Harden and make somebody else beat you. But instead, if you're Jalen Brown, what do you do? You double-team Joel Embiid when he's got the ball five feet from the rim and your team up by two points. You double Joel Embiid and you leave James Harden open in the corner for a three. The only shot on the court that can end up beating you, you give it to James Harden wide open. And what did Harden say to our uh, Cassidy Hubbard after the game? He told Cassidy Hubbard, yeah, there's no pressure because I shoot that shot every day. I shoot that shot every, it was, it was, it was, it was shoot around for James Harden in that situation. You have to put that on the Celtics. You can't give James Harden that kind of shot. I'll say this. God. If they had lost that game, I would be all over Joel Embiid tonight. Yeah. Because that fourth, made a couple plays in overtime, but that fourth quarter was abysmal. Al Horford owned him. Yeah. Three, oh, well, three straight-up blocks. Yeah, yeah. Three. Yeah. Straight up. Orford locked him down in the fourth quarter. But let's give credit to JoJo because he, he made the right basketball yes. play when Jalen Brown doubled off of him. It was a pass where James Harden could catch and shoot. You know, it wasn't a whole lot of heavy lifting for him. So I'll, I'll give him credit for his playmaking in that one. But to me, if the Sixers lost that game, there'd be a lot of heat on Doc Rivers. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah to, me, to me, that would have been the conversation. If the Sixers lost that game yesterday, we would have talked about Joel Embiid's struggles in the fourth quarter, but that would have been a footnote to Doc Rivers being on the way out of Philadelphia. Maybe for you, not for me. I would have been all over Joel for that yesterday. Absolutely would have been his fault if they had lost that game because a superstar should never look that lost in the fourth quarter of a game. And I understand he's tired and still getting his win back. I don't care. You're out there. He's, plays play, like he's that playing with a Horford. huge knee brace on. I, he's I not 100%. You're out, Chris, you know this. You're out there. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're out there. But they won the game, and he made the big play when he needed to make the play. So ultimately, that's also the sign of a great player when things are not going well but you could still find your way to make the right basketball play and make sure your team wins. Again. Now, does game five become a must win for the Boston Celtics? I, I don't know how it's not. I, I don't know how it's not because if I'm the Celtics at this point, I mean, how many gifts am I going to hand out? I have to make sure that I, I, I get this game because I can't count on going and winning again. Who's the better team in this series? In the series? Yeah. With how they've played? No, no, no. Just in the series, just based on... The how... Celtics are the better team. They're I would say that, too. I, I would say the Celtics are the better team, too. Yeah. And it's a best-of-three series now. Yeah. And you're talking about two of those games being at TD Garden. So, the Celtics should win this series. They should. I believe the Celtics are favored to win this series. So, it's a situation now where if they don't win, I don't know how much it will be because of what the Sixers did versus what the Celtics have done oh, to themselves. Oh, I totally agree. I, I think at this point, if the Celtics lose this series, it's about them having given it away. Yeah. And so, that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, just to get you uh, accurate numbers right now, uh, series betting. Wow. 
Chris, the Celtics on Caesar Sportsbook are still a minus 310 to win this. That's series. what I'm saying. The yeah. Celtics are the better team. Minus 310. Yeah. Holy cow. Canty and Carlin in for Gritty on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Want to talk to you next at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Should Nikola Jokic be suspended for what happened with Robert, um, is it Matt Ishbia? It's Matt Ishbia, isn't it? Matt's his name. It's Matt Ishbia. Matt Ishbia, the, the new owner for the Phoenix Suns. Should Jokic be suspended for this next game for shoving him? It's going to be fascinating to see how the league plays this out uh, over the next 18 hours or so. I would think at some point later today we'd have an, as- an answer, but I just don't see how you can do it. Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Greeny. Your reaction to that in just moments and more NFL. Our insider joins us in 20 minutes. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. That's the owner of the Suns, and he knocks the ball out of Joker's hand. And then Joker gave him a shove. I think it's crazy that Nicole got technical foul. Whatever it is, and he's a fan. He cannot influence the game by holding the ball. He got us a point. <laughs> did his job. He did his job over there. And now the owner of the Phoenix Suns has weighed in publicly. You will hear that in 30 seconds. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're dealing with a dead battery, you got to head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. Their free battery testing can help you know if you need a new battery or not, or if you're in need of a fresh charge. And if you do happen to need a replacement battery, they can help with that tool too. They've got reliable replacement batteries starting at just 79 99 and they're the only place you can find proven tough, tough Duralast batteries. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. So Matt Ishbia, the owner of the Phoenix Suns, tweeting this 25 minutes ago after the incident with Nikola Jokic yesterday. 
Great win for the Suns last night in an amazing series so far. That should be and is the only story. Suspending or fining anyone over last night's incident would not be right. I have a lot of respect for Jokic, and I don't want to see anything like that. Excited for Game 5. Go Suns. You mean the incident that you created? The incident By taking that you a sparked? dive? <laughs> well, not even, not even that. Just holding on to the basketball. Yes. Like, why make yourself – you made yourself a part of the story. It yes. would not be a story today had you not taken the actions that you did. No. And Nikola Jokic and Michael Malone had it right. A fan uh, got involved with the, play, the pace of play in the game last night. Nikola Jokic is truly, clearly trying to get the basketball back because there's a Sun player that's on the floor and they have a five-on-four advantage. That's what he's looking to take advantage of. We see it all the times with team. The Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings made a living of it in their series in, in round one. Like that's, that's what they were trying to attempt to do. And the owner, Matt Ishbia, had that level of awareness, being a former basketball player under Tom Izzo, where he held the ball and he was going to let the Suns player that was on the ground have a chance to get up and let the Suns set their defense. He gave his team a competitive advantage by holding on to the basketball, and he also gifted them a point with the technical that he was able to draw on Jokic. He would have gotten the flopping call if he was actually playing in the game. That's how bad the flop was. It was a bad flop on his part. You mean they would have called a, a foul on, 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 on Ishbia, Ishbia. Yeah, for flopping? For flopping, yeah, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a, that was a, yeah, was Here a is flop. Michael Malone, by the way. I have not heard this one as of yet. I think it's crazy that Nicola got technical foul in that situation. He's going to get the ball, and some, some fan is holding on to the ball like he wants to be a part of the game. Just, just give the ball up, man. You know what I mean? And, you know, they they deemed Nicola doing something that was excessive, I guess, and they gave him the tech, but uh, I still don't really understand it. You think the fans, the owner of the Suns, made any difference? I don't give a shit. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I really don't care. If you're a fan, if you're a, if you're a fan and the ball goes into the, into the stands and it's clearly the visiting team's ball, it, aren't you now incentivized to hold on to the ball and see what happens? Yeah. Aren't you? I mean, think about it. Right, okay, yeah. we, we, we drew a foul. We got a point out of it because of what Matt Ishbia did. Why wouldn't I try to do that to help my team I don't, if I'm sitting courtside? I don't think. And, and if the league decided they wanted to take further action and discipline Nikola Jokic in the way of a suspension, that's even more incentive yeah. to hold on to the basketball. That's the biggest problem with the suspension. But that's my, but that's my point, though. Yeah. Like, you're setting that precedent now. I don't know that there's a way you could walk it back if you do that if you're Adam Silver. Do you think that there should be any further action? 888-SAY-ESPN. John is up first in Kentucky on ESPN Radio. John, what do you think? How y'all, do, how y'all doing this morning? Outstanding. How are you? All right. Uh, yeah, I'm from Kentucky. I'm a big Booker fan, but I'm also from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, me personally, I don't think he just suspended it because I don't want to hear all the bull crap out there. Well, Phoenix won the series because our best player got suspended. Simple, simple fact. I yeah, went, no, I went no, I'm play. sorry. If I were you and I was a Phoenix I'd want him off the court. I want him off the floor. I'd want sorry. him off the court. And so he, had, he had 53 points and 11 assists. Especially because <laughs> you have zero depth. Zero. Let's, let, Canty, this is the part of the story that's going to get lost. When Durant and Booker do what they did yesterday, they actually got help from the bench, which they have not gotten. I yeah. think they had something like 40 bench points yesterday. Yeah, Landry Shaman had half of that. Right. And in the previous uh, two, three games, they had something like a combined 50. Yeah. So I, I think that they would be more than happy to see him off the court. And frankly, even though it's 2-2, I think it's their best chance to win the series. 
John is up next on ESPN Radio. Hey, Johnny, what's going on, bud? What's up, fellas? I just want to say love the show. Thank you for representing for all the big, bald-headed, food-loving men out there. Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't think there should be no way that he gets suspended. If anything, it should go the opposite way, and the owner should be not allowed to come to the next home game because that was just ridiculous. The owner did cause the whole thing. That's my point. Yeah. Like he instigated no the whole that. scene that happened. So I just here's the deal: they're not going to tell the owner he can't go into the building no. that he owns. I, I'm gonna, sure that not Adam Silver that. is going to call him and say, "Don't hold on to the damn ball." The next don't be time. an idiot. Yeah, like, that's one of those situations. Don't be an idiot. Yeah, not like, don't be a dumbass. If you're Matt Ishbia, you can't do that. You can't be afforded. You can't afford to be seen doing that because of all people that should know the rules when being a fan or spectator in that arena, it should be you. Like, why are you holding on to the basketball? And don't give me this nonsense about you're trying to help one of your players up because if you're so focused on helping one of your players up, you just give Nikola Jokic the damn basketball when he's asking for it. That wasn't what he was doing. Matt Ispia was not a good Samaritan in that situation. He was trying to give his team an advantage or at least keep them from being at a disadvantage. He did both. Mr. Black is up next on ESPN Radio. What say you, sir? I'm saying they should kick him out of the game. Even though he's on the team, he, he, um, Phoenix pulls a guy a text because they're costing them that game, called Denver that game. I'm a New Orleans Pelican fan. So it really didn't care for me, but a fan is a fan. I don't disagree with that sentiment. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Now, he is part of the Suns organization, and the fact that he's holding on to it he's is an absurd. He's an employee. Like, like, let me ask you this question. There's a different standard for, yeah. team empl- for club employees. There but, just is. But let me ask you something. What's up? If that ball went out of bounds over on the Suns bench and Jokic went over and wanted the ball, would they have held it back from him? No. Probably not. No. Probably not. No. Even if he wanted to go, it still would have had enough time for his team to get back on defense. Any player on the Suns bench would not have held it back. No, they him. would have gave him the ball. Yeah. Exactly. So there's no reason for the owner to be doing it. Yeah, the spot. owner made himself the story and now is trying to walk it back with the tweet. I don't know that that's going to work. I Here's the thing. I would not be upset at the league if they said, you know what, we're going to find both parties in this instance and we'll move forward with that. I don't have a problem with that. But – to sit here and say that there's no culpability for what Matt Ishbia did in, in creating that situation, to me, that's wrong. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Oh, baby. Tonight, Lakers-Warriors, Game 4, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 9.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and Sirius XM Channel 80. Up next... Could we be in line for a vintage LeBron or Steph Curry performance this evening? Plus, plus we go inside with our NFL insider next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. I, I am really still upset that Peter King just so summarily dismissed my fry take as if it was nothing. If you missed it, Peter last week uh, wrote that the In-N-Out fries are the king of fast food fries, which just could not be further from the truth. Yeah, that's awful. It, it really is. And I had emailed him because it triggered me, and I know him a little bit, and I said, very surprised at your take here. And he said, and he doubled down on it today. Doubled down and wrote it in his column and put, put me on blast out there. Well, he didn't put it, you on blast. He put himself on he blast really with did. a horrible food take. I mean, that's borderline Dan Orlovsky territory with his food take. Wow, that's put. Uh, no, that's, it's not. In, that's a in tough and one out to fr- hang in on. In and out fries are trash. 
Wow. And I know they're moving to the East Coast. That's all well and good, but they're still trash. It's, Nobody's uh, going to in and out just for the fries. No. No, I will not. go to McDonald's just for the fries. I will go to Arby's just for the fries. I will go to Chick-fil-A just for the fries. I am not, emphasis on not, capital N-O-T, I will not go to In-N-Out for the fries. Let's welcome in ESPN NFL reporter Jeremy Fowler, who joins us right now. Uh, your take on this situation, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, clearly, I, I'm assuming that at some point in your life you have been to an In-N-Out burger. Is that fair? Yeah, according to multiple sources close to the situation, in and out fries are mediocre. They're okay. Thank you. They're okay. Now, <laughs> the, word, the word forgettable comes to mind. Yeah. Now, I like it when you're triggered, Chris. So yes. Let, let's, let's make that clear. We, it, we need more of that. I, I, listen, Jeremy, I, I get upset about things that really I shouldn't get upset about, but that got no, me. No, these things me. matter. We're passionate about I food. mean, Peter, Peter is kind of responsible no for me meeting my wife, in fact, yeah. because she worked at Sports Illustrated. Wow. I love the man. And let's, t- and let's be talk about where you got married. <laughs> In a, in a pizzeria. Exactly. <laughs> we're passionate about sports yeah. and we're passionate about food. So That's when we right. see a ridiculous take in either arena, we got to speak on it. It's yeah. a marinara sauce love story. Exactly. It, and it was her idea, even more so. Jeremy, what's your go-to fast food fry spot? You know, I can't say I have a go-to fast food fry spot. I like Chick-fil-A. You mentioned that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to run through my head of the great fries out there. Like Five Guys fries are pretty good. There yeah. you go. They're solid. Yeah, I, you, I gave it a them, solid yeah. four out of five, maybe. Yeah, that was that was my number one. That was one your lead, yeah. With the McDonald's uh, second. But uh, he, that's neither here nor there, Jeremy. Uh, hey, Lamar Jackson, the deal is finally done. We don't have to speak in hypotheticals yeah. anymore, but he wants to throw for 6,000 yards. How do the Ravens feel about how they have set him up now to be successful? Oh, yeah, 6,000 yards. Let's do it. It's pretty easy to do, right? I I know he was joking, but uh, they hope that he evolves as a passer. They believe that he can evolve as a passer. That is the plan. That was the plan when they hired offensive coordinator Todd Munkin in this offseason, despite not knowing whether Lamar would be under contract. But they believe that he can throw more outside the numbers, drive the ball, get the receivers more involved, and that he's ready to take that step. So at the very least, they consider – mild improvement in that area uh, at the same time he's never thrown for more than 3200 yards in a season so there are still questions about whether he can get that done at a high level with some of the top passers in the league jeremy speaking of quarterbacks taking a step justin fields is going into his third year in this offseason their general manager ryan poles has done a lot to help him including trading for dj moore from the carolina panthers and drafting darnell wright starting tackle uh, from Tennessee in the first round. Luke Getze said that Justin Fields is leaps and bounds ahead of where he was this time last offseason. What kind of jump are the Chicago Bears anticipating Justin Fields making in year three? Well, certainly the Bears see star power in him. Like, as was told to me from somebody in the building, that he kept them in games they had no business being in last year. And that only a select number of people on this earth at the quarterback position can do that. They really have that ability to elevate the entire team. Now, some scouts I talked to, some people with other teams, are still a little skeptical whether he's going to be able to get it done from the pocket as a precision passer. Maybe he doesn't need to do that with the way the game is modernized. Um, I liken it, because we were talking about this on uh, Get Up or before the show, like is he going to make a Jalen Hurts-type jump? I could see a year two Jalen Hurts jump because I th- instead of year three when Hurts made the big Super Bowl jump because Fields is a year behind because of the poor supporting cast. Now they're getting better. But Jalen came in with more of a loaded roster. So the growth of fields has been stunted a little bit as a result. But they got more options on the offensive line, got more receivers, 
more help overall. That should result in more harmony for that offense. Talking with ESPN NFL reporter Jeremy Fowler on Greeny. And Jeremy, I saw something this weekend that caught my eye. A good friend Warren Sharp put something out there on Twitter. He was talking about the different number of starting quarterbacks for different franchises around the National Football League. And it's stunning when you consider the team that's led the NFL over the last five years with the number of different starting quarterbacks. And it's the Washington Commanders by a country mile. Now, we know the Washington Commanders didn't take a quarterback in this year's NFL draft. They have Sam Howell, fifth-year, fifth-round pick from last year's draft as the incumbent starting quarterback, and they signed Jacoby Brissett in free agency. But it begs the question, with 12 different starting quarterbacks over the last five years, why are the Washington Commanders so comfortable with their quarterback room? Because they really like Sam Howell. They didn't necessarily love the draft options that were presented to them based on where they picked. Like, I don't get the sense they were going to take Levis or Hendon Hooker on day two. Like, they just, they like the guy. They think he's going to be good. So, um, it's hard to fault him for that. But the, the ultimate insurance is Jacoby Brissett, who is probably, if not the best backup, then a top three backup in the league right now. And they paid him as such. They gave him $8 million, pretty much guaranteed up to $10 million. That's good money for one year. So he can start and win games for you if you need, if if Sam Howell struggles. But, you know, it's, it's they're in an interesting spot because they have to win. This is Ron Rivera's fourth year. You got to put, put together a strong season, stronger than where they've been. And, you know, they didn't go try to hit a home run. I think in part because of the stat you mentioned, it's like why keep chasing the next, like, mediocre free agent or maybe try to get Lamar, but then you're hemorrhaging your entire future with draft picks and money. So – they just said, hey, we have somebody who's certainly capable in-house. Let's ride with it. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL Insider, joining us. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Strange tweet over the weekend somewhat related to this, and that was from Jim Ursay about alleged tampering with Andrew yeah. Luck, and apparently it involved the commanders last year. What do we know about this? Well, uh, I'm trying to find out, actually. It's, yeah. it's a weird situation. Um, you know, the, I don't know how deeply the commanders looked into it you know i think they were just sort of scouring the earth and doing their research and you know we'll see the depths of it and whether they were actually making phone calls directly to him which is where it could get interesting you know the whole tampering situation is fascinating to me because a couple weeks ago jonathan gannon the new cardinals head coach and the cardinals got popped for tampering with gannon while he was still with the eagles during super bowl week and breaking those rules well the league let the eagles handle that essentially directly with the cardinals and they worked out compensation on their own um, so if, if it comes to a point where tampering was clear, would the Colts try to work directly with Washington to create some sort of reward, uh, or penalty for, for them chasing down Andrew Luck if they did, uh, that to me will be interesting. Or does the league handle it at their own discretion with commissioner Roger Goodell? Jeremy, now that we have the draft in our rear view mirror, looking at where the top five quarterbacks in the 2023 draft class landed, which one of those quarterbacks is set up to have the most success during their rookie ooh, deal. Oh, that's a good one. Let's see. You know, I kind of want to go Will Levis. Isn't that weird? I, I, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know how convicted I feel about it. But if we're talking proof of concept, Mike Vrabel, Tennessee, they've won. This is Mike Vrabel's kind of true first quarterback pick. You know, he did it in conjunction with the new GM, Rand Carthon. But before it was John Robinson, sort of running that show with the picks. This is a Vrabel pick, and this is a personality match. These these guys are both known as intense and serious guys. Will Levis is the type where, you know, not every team loved him in their interview setting because he's a bit of an acquired taste, but toughness, work ethic, he's like 10 out of 10. So if you tell him to run through a brick wall, he's going to do it. 
That's a Mike Vrabel style quarterback to mm-hmm. me. I think, you know, if they could just get some weapons and some things around him, he can actually win there. Um, on paper, it's probably Bryce Young is best set up. Uh, you know, he's he's going to mentally be able to handle any offense thrown his way, which will dig into Frank Reich's offense in the next three or four months. He's got weapons. they got a pretty good roster. Like, the table's set. As opposed to Houston still in transition, first-time head coach, first-time offensive coordinator, San Francisco offense is, is tough to learn. So, you know, Stroud's got a little more of, a, of an obstacle there. Jeremy, last one. Uh, the Jets have a tackle problem. They didn't get one. As we know, they got burned with the trade in the first round of the draft. Robert Sala said that Makai Becton has to earn it back. Um, is the starting tackle, at least on the left side, for the Jets on this roster currently? Yes, I do think it will be Makai. They got one year left. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. He's on a prove-it year. I'm told he's down to 344 pounds, which is a great weight for him. He's lost a ton of weight. Uh, now, in the past, he's had issues where he's lost weight and then gained it back, um, maybe lost the focus at times. They they believe he's in a good place, and it's been fairly sustained now this offseason. So if he can continue the momentum, he is a monster left tackle. Like he did, We do a project every year where I poll execs and scouts and people around the league on top 10 players in each position. I think he was like seventh two years ago, like, mm. this, like the seventh best tackle. So if he's right, he's really right. So I do think they're willing to take that chance, knowing they have a guy named Max Mitchell that they like, who's like who can step in if they need to. Uh, they got Dwayne Brown still, who, who played pretty well last year, uh, despite a lot of years in the league. So I, I think they'll be okay. Jeremy, great stuff. Appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate you guys having me. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL reporter. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Also on ESPN Radio, Game 4, Warriors and Lakers tonight. Coverage begins 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Radio. You know, listen, I don't believe the winner of this game automatically wins the series. Mm. If the Lakers win this game, it's over. Yes. The Warriors could not have more pressure on them to win this game. I don't even think, even if they win tonight, they will definitively win this series. How do you view this right now? Yeah, I, I see it the same way. I have no doubt that the Lakers can go into the Bay Area and beat the Warriors because we've seen them do it this series already in game one. I have serious doubts that the Warriors can go into L.A. and take care of their business and, and, and beat the Lakers at this stage in the series. I just don't see that I don't see that necessarily happening. I think they've got some serious issues in terms of how they're dealing with Anthony Davis. Now, a lot of it depends on what version of AD we get. But if you think back to the first round series the Lakers had against the Grizzlies, in game four, after a monster performance by AD, LeBron LeBron James was the one to step up when AD was a no-show. And Mm -hmm. LeBron went for, what, 22 points and 20 boards and seven assists? It was, it was an unbelievable performance. So if we're sitting here trying to gauge which team do we have the most confidence in in game four, which guy do we think is going to show up and give us a vintage performance and boiling it down to Steph and LeBron, I'm going to lean toward LeBron James over Steph Curry. I was really bothered, Chris, really bothered by what AD did in game two because that was the Lakers saying, we're good, we got our one, let's get out of town. And that's an opportunity to me against a reigning champion team that has been a dynasty to step on the throat. You have a chance to go up two games to none on the road, and you don't do it because AD did not show up where the the mismatches are clearly there. That bothered me. I don't believe it'll happen again. Let me say this, though, and just to push back on, on your position. 
we saw the Warriors go down 0-2 in the series against the Kings. Now, mm-hmm. I get it. The Kings just got here. De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, they're pups. They're not LeBron and AD. I know the Warriors can come back from down 0-2. I know the Warriors can come back from down 2-1 because we saw them do it against the Celtics in the finals last year. I don't think the Warriors can come back from 3-1 against this Lakers No, team, neither do the way, I. The way that they defend. So if you're Anthony Davis and you got to pick a spot early on in this series to empty the tank, like Brian Windhorst said when he was on with us in the first hour, I would rather have AD do it in game four than have had him do it in game two. It will be exceptionally deflating if they empty the tank tonight and lose. That will, that will be a kick in the pants. Yeah, because now Lakers. you're talking about the series shifting. But here's the thing. You've got game four at home in your building. I, I get it. Role players are going to play better. LeBron and AD extending themselves under these circumstances. This is the game that you got to get. You get this game, it's over. There's no way the Warriors are winning three straight against this team. This feels like a, a vintage Steph performance to me tonight. So you're going to see what you saw in game four against the Celtics in the finals last year. You're going to see what you you saw in Game 7 in Sacramento in Round 1. I don't know if I'm going to see 50. But it's going to be 40-plus? Could be 40. Yeah. It could be high 30s. Could be. Listen, I've seen enough of them, and and you were getting on me about this a few weeks ago. You know, obviously the regular season, with all their injuries and all that stuff, they did not treat it as seriously. So when I look at them, and the way that they have played, the what they did in the first round, granted it's against a team that does not play great defense. I just they're, If they're going down, boy, they are going down swinging. They are going to go down swinging. And I, tonight is going to be fascinating to me. Fascinating to see, as Wendy said, Lakers empty in the tank and what Steph has got left to try to make this happen. Game one was closely contested, but the other two games have been blowouts. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I, I don't you see the You think we're going Lakers, back there again? I don't see the Lakers getting blown out. And if it's a closely contested game, are you going to side with the Lakers or are you going to side with the Warriors? Because the Warriors don't play well on the road. They just don't. All right, well, they don't. They won two road games in Sacramento. Against the team that just Chris, got Chris, here, you cannot, though. Please do not talk to me about the road when you were, di- you were dispelling that not too long ago. No, no, no. I was dispelling it against the Sacramento Kings because the Kings had little to no playoff But experience. now that it's the Lakers, <laughs> I, when it didn't mean— it, well, 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 it's not just the Lakers. This is the team that has the best record in the NBA since the All-Star break. I know. I'm not This gonna... is the team that is the best defensive team left in the postseason. That's the team we're talking about. And that's so why it's not, they will. this is a team that has LeBron James and AD. But if they win, that's why they will win. I'm, I'm not, it's not going to be for me that they went on the road and didn't play well. I think it's going to be because the Lakers outplayed them tonight if, they, if the Lakers win. I'm not, to me, the, the fact that it's road home doesn't matter that much here. But I, listen. I think it does matter when it comes to the role players and getting the best version of them, which lends itself to the best version of LeBron and AD. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN radio, or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on get up weekday mornings at eight on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. 